0: of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Coming to you on Monday, March 7th, the LA Galaxy one nothing victors in front of the largest single game. Attendance. attended. Uh, match for the LA Galaxy and for MLS, so we're going to talk about that, talk about what the what the crowd did, what the LA Galaxy did what they did well, what they could have done better and what it sort of looks like as we get ready for another week with another tough opponent coming up this weekend, so we'll a lot talk about that, talk about Julian Araujo, is he starting to be the bad guy, is he starting to push a lot of buttons, is he starting to be right on the border of being a dirty player we're going to talk about that uh, maybe some Eric Zabaleta, I got charts too it's Monday, so there's charts we got a lot of stuff to get to, a lot of things we want to talk about. All right. To help me do all of that, he's back. It's the Panda himself, Mr. Kevin Baxter. Kev, how's it going, buddy? Hey, you
1: said that they play a tough opponent this week. They, they, Seattle's winless and scoreless. Come on, man.
0: I was going to say, they're, 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 they're playing the last place team in the Western Conference. What a yeah, gift the LA Galaxy
1: had. By the way, what? Where'd that COG thing come from in the back? You used to have a California map on that.
0: I, I over did. Your shoulder there. I did. I got. I had a logo made. A nice wooden logo cut out. It's very nice. Um, yeah, I like it. I enjoy it. By By the way, you know the
1: Galaxy have played before, just shy of a hundred thousand fans in their first two games, which is basically what we get for this podcast, right?
0: <laughs> That's more, pre- more or less, more or less. Well, I was going to say, you know, um, as, as Scott French, our, 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 good friend and buddy up in the press box would do, he was already on Facebook questioning the largest single crowd ever for, uh, for MLS, right? And the official number, if I have it here in front of me, uh, which I do cause I printed it out just so I can make it is 74,479. So just shy of 75,000. Fans, um, and that beats the previous record, which the galaxy were a part of whenever it was the Atlanta United hosting the LA Galaxy, um, in 2019. That was a game that Zlatan was supposed to be there for and then wasn't there for. Uh, 72,548, but technically there have been larger crowds for MLS games, um, but those when, when they're combined, yeah, but it,
1: it, that's why they say single game. What was the crowd again? This weekend, uh,
0: seventy-four thousand four hundred and seventy-nine. I think it was. So, the, I think it was the largest crowd in the world that day for soccer.
1: I, th- I think then the Galaxy may be over a hundred thousand by like a dozen because they had 25, six and change, I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's very, very well could. And I've already topped a hundred thousand. It's, it's kind of exciting. But as you said, you said combined games, what they mean is there were double header games where they right. would play, um, like European teams would play the games. Yeah, Real
1: Madrid would play Barcelona and then, and then all 75,000 people would leave. And then the galaxy <laughs> would play, uh, re, uh, I don't know, Dallas and uh, like 12 people would be there. Th- those were back
0: in the days. Um, I think that's larger than the crowd at the Super Bowl, by the way. It, it, it may have been. I don't know. Because it's uh, how much does uh, SoFi hold? I, we'll, we'll have the chat room investigate it while we talk. We don't have to. We don't have to figure that one out. Um, but yeah, super interesting. I, I would say uh, just some really fun sort of views outside of the fact it was played on plastic grass, um, which, by the way, I think we should stop calling turf 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 is like a nice name for it. We should just call it plastic grass, which is what it is. So outside of playing on plastic grass. Uh, what an amazing scene to see the fireworks, to see all the people there. Um, I actually have somebody who had followed this podcast from, from very early on, uh, and she lived in North Carolina, and she's a huge LA Galaxy fan, and just the excitement that she got to have her very own MLS team. I mean, you have to understand, if you've been supporting the league for you know 27 years, Kevin, and you haven't had a team to support, and then you get one in your hometown, in your place... That's got to be a good feeling. That's got to be fun.
1: And every everybody in every city and every town across the country will soon be able to do that if Don Garber keeps expanding as he has been.
0: Yeah, I, I was going to say. Uh, they, he talked again. Uh, I think they had him at halftime or even or even maybe pregame. Uh, they had him, and he said that Vegas was basically the next one, right? So now we're at 29 teams. Um, well, the Vegas
1: would be the thirtieth because uh, St. Louis will be twenty-nine. Oh, that's
0: right. So, so St. Louis twenty-nine, and then good uh, soccer Vegas market.
1: There. By the way, St. Louis,
0: St. Louis, great, great soccer market. I, yeah. I'm, I'm interested to see if Vegas turns into a soccer market. They certainly nope. they have turned into a hockey market, Kevin. Um, so you know all the doubters I don't know if they've turned it they you know the Raiders have, have such a such a following I don't know that they turned Vegas into a football market or if just everybody went to Vegas to go celebrate that that, that football team but interesting as well um interesting to see if they get a a soccer specific stadium and if that's an inside soccer specific stadium you know. Ooh. Come on!
1: It, they can't. They can't play outdoors in the summer. Not in Vegas.
0: No, no way. It's, it's a little warm. I'm I'm here to tell you. I, I do know that. Um. So yeah, it's a it's a it's a lot of it's a it was a lot of fun. I thought the spectacle. Excuse me. The spectacle itself was was uh, was fun to watch. Um, certainly the excitement there. And I think that as we look at this and as we look at this as an expansion team, we know that Charlotte has struggled in the preseason, struggled through some of their games. We know that they're lacking some of the fundamentals that really will make them, I think, a good team. Um, I don't think they're even a, even a, a a mediocre team right now. They're probably a bad team, but whenever you have 75,000 people supporting you and, and behind you, that lifts mediocre to, to possibly, uh, to possibly, okay. Um, and I thought Charlotte played OK for most of that game, uh, certainly above what I think that they have been playing uh, in their preseason and, and against D.C., although we've talked about it. D.C. maybe wasn't uh, was it was more unlucky than than we thought. What, what did you I mean, I, I know you were listening on the radio, um, but what what did you get from the atmosphere type of thing?
1: Well, I mean, we were talking about this for the show. The Galaxy shot shot them 21 to seven. Um, and dominated, I mean, well, they didn't really dominate possession. They didn't dominate statistically a lot of other departments, but they did have way more uh, decent chances than, than Charlotte did. What we were talking about before the show is I'm not clear what kind of team this galaxy team is. They had the first game where they, they played New York city FC, the reigning MLS cup champions at home. They suffered, got the win in the last minute, Uh, of regulation on Chicharito's goal. So they win that game. And then they go to Charlotte, a team that, as you said, is lacking a lot. It's not a very good team. They're going to struggle all season. Granted, the Galaxy were on the road, but when you look at the matchups, you know, the personnel that Charlotte put on the team, the personnel that Galaxy put on the team, it shouldn't have been this close. It certainly shouldn't have been one nothing game. And as you pointed out, the crowd had a lot to do with that. But still, the fact, you know, the Galaxy now are third in the league in shots. They have 36 (laughs) shots after after two games. Um, they, Chicharito leads the league in shots, nine shots, five of them on goal, right. one goal.
0: Right. And, he and they had goal. to get
1: a goal. It was a goloso, you know, from Efrain Alvarez, a shot from distance, just got in the top corner. I think I heard one interview where he said he was, act, that was actually supposed to be across to Chicharito. No, he post. didn't
0: say, no, trust me. He didn't say he that. I asked him then. specifically said that I, I even said, I go, you know, you had put one to Chicharito in that same spot. I go, were you trying to cross? He's like, no, no, no. And I'm, I'm like, I, I go, it almost made, I think at one point I said, it almost makes it look easy. And he goes, nothing in soccer is easy. And he was joking around, you know, Ephra has come actually a long way from whenever we first started talking to him, Kevin, he would give two, two word answers. Uh, he's, he's into, he's into full size. He's in more comfortable now. You can tell a little bit. And so he was talking about it. I mean, listen, what Ephraim Alvarez did in this game is nothing short of fantastic.
1: Well, and he's on the team of the week. He only played twenty-one minutes, and he He, makes MLS team of the
0: week. He made team of the week. He's he. Last I checked, he was leading in goal of the week. Um, this was after I think Yimichara uh all had another quote-unquote bicycle, bicycle kick. kick. We'll call it a bicycle kick. It was a little loopier than than his first one. You know,
1: that that was a, a really good goal, though. It, I it, mean, the it way it bounced right. around, and he and he got it with his back to the goal and had no choice but to, it, but it, to try that. It
0: was, but if we're going on straight skill, Efrain's is a much more difficult shot than just hitting it over your head and hoping it goes somewhere. That's, that's how it looked like to me, so I think that's going to be a tough one. Uh, if LA Galaxy fans want to vo- vote for Efrain Alvarez for Goal of the Week, you can do it on Twitter. Find MLS's uh, link. Last time I saw, he was winning 41 to 40 percent. it is tight it is it is right there um so pay attention to that but kevin Do you, you
1: think he went to call up to the national team i mean you you mentioned how good the of a game he had
0: right uh he had he had several really good passes in this game this was after victor vasquez got hurt as well um he played well mexico is a team looking for some attacking strengths here's the thing if we can be real efrain alvarez now has four goals to his name in major league soccer since he joined Three of those have been game-winning, like, world-class goals, all right? He had one against Vancouver early on in his career. He had one against Real Salt Lake, and he has this one. All three of them have been absolutely monumental goals whenever you look at what he was able to do and the skill it took to take all those. Having said that, he has four goals to his name in however many times. he's. I think he's in year four or five, which he likes to pretend it's only year, like, three because really... He hasn't, wasn't brought up to the senior team and really given the minutes to do it. But he has been basically an MLS player for, I think, the last five years. This may be his fifth season as a, as a technically on the first team. So, yes, I want to see him get more minutes. I want to see him do, I do well. But he's got to show this game and gain out. That being said, Kevin, he's come on twice in two games and had effect on each game, each time. I don't know if you can ask for more than that. So maybe he deserves more time. Well, you said
1: he has four goals to his name. Does you, you you said that twice? Does he have goals to other people's names? Yeah, he, is there some reason he he, why? Put,
0: he put a couple in your name just just <laughs> just for because you know he knows how pathetic you are at scoring goals, so he wanted to help out a little bit. Absolutely, so it was a, you're a charity case whenever it comes to that. Um, it's just it, it, to me, I I want to believe. Right? And I think I said this on Twitter. If Efrain Alvarez wants to do more of that, the LA Galax would gladly be up, be waiting for that to happen.
1: And, uh, and they may need it because we don't know what Vasquez's injury yeah, is.
0: Yeah, Vasquez went down with an injury we don't know and we didn't get a chance to ask Greg afterwards because um, the game was an exciting one and it wasn't exactly the most pertinent thing we had to absolutely ask. And so um there was some of that that went on also i would like to point out this is this is awesome i was actually so my in in my real world job that i have um i had to have a zoom meeting today with somebody in scotland Um, And I do work a lot with people who are in Scotland. And so we were having a Zoom meeting and they were having a little technical difficulties. We finally figured it out. We got it all set. And I said to to the gentleman over in Scotland, I said, you know, you'd think after two years that we would figure all this stuff out. We we would get it. And he goes, he goes, yeah, he goes, I'm sure he goes bigger organizations. And we were sort of joking back forward. Bigger organizations have this figured out. I said, well, I go, I go, just so you know, there's this professional sports team, the LA Galaxy who were down in the basement of a professional sports stadium in north carolina who had to work off of the public wi-fi option instead of having like their own dedicated network in there and so greg and everybody was coming in a little choppy and stuff like that i was like everybody has to deal with this stuff like there's there's no there's no answer that everybody has this stuff all figured out and i'd say that uh that night you the la galaxy were sharing the wi-fi with 75,000 of their closest uh closest uh, friends and family there by the way that this guy from scotland did you understand him Absolutely. He's got one of the mildest, uh, uh, accents I've ever heard from anybody from Scotland. Uh, but having gone there and spent time with a bunch of, there's people I'm like, I I have no idea what you just said.
1: I I was there during the 2012 Olympics when the U S women's team played their first game in Scotland. And I was there a couple of days. I had no idea what anybody was saying the entire time.
0: Most of the time I can get it within context, but yeah, I mean, certainly with the heavier ones, but anyway, I thought it was just interesting, uh, the bat, but I mean, for Ephra, I mean, this is a kid you're waiting to break out. This is a kid you want to succeed. Mostly, I will say the LA Galaxy want him to succeed for monetary reasons, which is that they can either sell him or, you know, something can come of his development. Because I so don't
1: So Shalatan called him the greatest player in, in history or something like that.
0: Greg Vanny said that his left foot is like a magic wand, which I which which <laughs> I really liked. Um but I but That's he also good. but he also quantified that again. Um and he quantified it in a way that I think is with everybody screaming for Efrain Alvarez to start now, and maybe he'll have to, because like we said about Victor Vasquez, we don't know what that injury is. It looked like a calf. I think either a right or a left calf. I can't remember which one he was holding um, whenever he went down. He's
1: only got two. It's gotta be one. It's gotta
0: be one of the, who knows? Maybe he has a third one. Maybe he's that kind of special player. Um, If, if he's out and, and Efrain has to come in, then we get to see again, a more complete picture of what Alvarez is able to do. Because I think, Vanny quantified it and said, you know what he's able to do when he gets space. And we've always talked about this with and Álvarez is if you leave him to space, he will absolutely tear you apart right? If you give him room, look what happened in this, in this goal. 77th minute. Efrain Alvarez is just dribbling kind of like, okay, you guys aren't going to come out and get me. That's fine. And to be honest, if I'm guarding him, I probably don't worry about it either. He's 30, 32 yards away from goal on a left foot where you're thinking, okay, he can't shoot this. I mean, it's not going to be, what if he does like what's going to happen? Well, that's what happens. He has that ability. So, um, for me, when he has space, he's great. Now, in two games, he's come in Kevin and played against tired legs and found the space that he needed in order to operate. Can he do that whenever they, he is starting against somebody and that's a completely different role.
1: Because fitness is not his strong suit, uh, he, he the the left. I want to see him take that left foot and wave it over the ball like abracadabra and see what happens. But um, I mean, he can do some really uh, on on set pieces. He's amazing. He can do some really good things. But fitness has always been an issue. And when he starts, he, it seems to me that he tries to pace himself and he doesn't really get involved to the, in, in the game to the degree that he does when he comes off the bench and knows, look, I've only got 15 or 20 minutes to make a difference here. I've got to really push it. That's where I, where I think, it, you know, Efra's starting to get that reputation as a guy who's a game changer off the bench. And at his age, I don't know if you want that reputation because you want to be a 90-minute guy. But he's just right now, he hasn't shown that he is.
0: Okay, let's uh, let's start back at the beginning. Look at that now color. That I like, I like, I like
1: char- Charlotte's color.
0: So I thought this was going to be the ugliest game on the face of this Living planet and it wasn't it wasn't that bad mostly because the cameras uh, that were near the uh, near the stadium were placed somewhere around 80,000 feet above it and so the galaxy kits just look black to Charlotte's sort of white and blue and so it was fine and nobody's going to complain and it was fine and I overreacted so you're 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 welcome you're welcome for my overreaction um, the lineup was a repeat Kevin I don't know when we've had a repeat lineup this two games in and the LA Galaxy already have a repeat lineup two games in the the LA Galaxy already have two shutouts, which is, I believe, half of the amount they had last year, which was four. Um, I I just just in those two things, a repeat lineup and a uh and a, a two shutouts seems unlike the Galaxy of your.
1: Well, because this two-game winning streak equals the longest winning streak from last year. Jonathan Bond has never had consecutive shutouts in MLS. We don't know what his scoreless minute streak is because he could have had, you know, a lot of minutes. At at on either side of shutout last year, he had what four shutouts last year? He's already got two. He's only f- uh, made four saves though. He had one against New York City. He was never really tested. And then he had three in the in the Charlotte game, and, and they weren't really that tough either. He
0: had a couple, he had a couple. He had one in the second half that was a really big save, and it happened just before the Galaxy scored that goal. So it was the breakdown. It was the guys who have been the standouts so far, the LA Galaxy's defense. You have four guys who have shined over two games. You had Edwards, who I still didn't think had a great first game, but certainly had a very good game, I thought this against Charlotte. Uh you had a Raho, who has been very good in the first two games. You had Depew, who I think has been just fine, and Koulibaly, who played his best game in an LA Galaxy kit against Charlotte. Now, having said that, Koulibaly also gave them one of their best chances of the night as well, Um, whenever he tried to clear a ball and he waited maybe a little bit too long for it to come down a little bit too much. And Charlotte was able to come in and actually stop that. And it led to an almost goal with bond coming out and having to make a save and a rebound that went off the post as well.
1: Isn't, isn't that kind of his MO though? He's going to make one critical error. At least one. Yeah yeah in a game but you know Greg Vanny talked afterwards he said we we need to there's a lot of things we need to clean up we, the attack needs to get better he he talked about again Douglas Costa when he gets his legs under him, it'll it'll come better um didn't talk about Chicharito with five shots on goal in two games and one goal yeah. but he, he he said he was very confident that things will get better um, but he also said, if we, you know, get 34 shutouts, uh, on the year, that he'll
0: take that. <laughs> he wouldn't, and, he wouldn't be upset with that. Are you sure? Are you sure, Greg, you want to rethink that very strong position? 34 shutouts. I was, yeah. I mean, everybody I, I would wanna, take 34 shutouts.
1: I mean, but, but what do you think? It, it, the, the, the team is struggling to score. They're defensive minded. Vanny was a defender. I, I, I totally get that, you know, that, that this team is going to be a, a better defensive team than they've been for the last five or six seasons, that they're going to be a def- better defensive team. They already are, um, it, would, would you take that? I mean, if winning games one to nothing, scratching yes. out a goal somewhere. Yes. It, it's, it's not the most attractive soccer. It's not the most exciting soccer. It is successful.
0: Yeah, but you're acting like they're not creating chances. We know they're creating chances, right? So, I mean, the biggest thing that I see is just the the, the final ball. I mean... Listen, everybody's going to jump up and down on Cabral. And I see the people in the chat all over Kevin Cabral again. And listen, I think you need to see more from him. Uh, Greg Vanny didn't shy away from the question. Sophie asked about it after the uh, after the game against Charlotte. He says, yeah, we need to see more from him. And he goes, and, you know, we've been focusing on team things and it's now it's time for us to focus a little more one on one. Having said that, uh, I thought Cabral actually had an okay game. Um, I thought that the Galaxy missed opportunities to get him involved a couple different times. Um, the, the biggest one for me was uh, was whenever uh, uh, Chicharito took a ball inside the box uh, from Costa and ha- took this very tight angled shot where there wasn't a lot of room. And Cabral was in the center of the box waiting for it. Uh, if Chicha squares that the Galaxy tap that in right? Um, There's another one that Chicha just barely missed whenever Cabral put in a really good pass. I thought a very good cross. I thought it was great. I thought it was exactly where it was supposed to be. I still need to see him with that finishing touch. touch. That is the big thing. But one of the best plays that he had was in the second half where he got a ball down in the lower corner. Um, His back is to goal. He has nowhere to go and he gets bodied by a very physical Charlotte player. And if this is last year, Cabral goes down sprawling. He's the wet noodle from last year, right? So uh, he goes down sprawling. Instead, he fights off the very physical challenge was able to lay a ball off to Mark Delgado and Delgado put a ball in that Chicharito had a pretty good chance at um, as well. So, I like the chances. I like where Cabral has been playing. And you could say that that's a lot of last year as well, but there's a difference to how he is working and how he is involved and how he's even playing more defense this year as well. There's a difference in that uh, whenever you look at it. And I can say he's taking steps in the right direction. So if he starts finishing and if the galaxy start finding him a little more, I think they have something. But Chicharito also needs to start finishing some chances because he had a whole bunch of chances in order to put some of those away. And granted, a couple of those were great saves. So I like the fact that the Galaxy are creating the chances. If they weren't creating the chances, Kevin, then I would be worried this is a defensive team. This is not a defensive team. I think they are... Go
1: ahead. No, Vanny did say that that everyone Chicharito and Cabral and everyone is getting involved in the defending, which is a good sign of a good team, a team that plays together, a team that isn't a offense and defense. You see, some teams break up uh, that way, where uh, you know a forward will stop at midfield and just say, I don't, you know, that's the defensive, and they take care of stuff over there. Uh, you know, Greg seemed to talk about the the fact that this team is very proud of the two clean sheets. Yes. Um, th- that they consider that to be a team shutout, not a shutout for Jonathan Bond or the back line. It's a team shutout. But what you talked about the chances, again, 21 shots, 36 shots in two games, third in the league. Um, I've heard coaches talk a lot about, you know, when you mention, hey, you had 21 shots and one goal. What, what's up with that? And they'll say, look, when we don't have 21 shots, that's what I'm concerned. The, if you keep putting the ball on net, it, something is going to happen eventually. If you keep having uh, uh, shots they're going to go in eventually, which when you don't create those chances, when you're really begging for chances, that's when you get worried.
0: Yeah, I I agree. I like the chances they're generating. I like where they're going. I like the danger in some of those chances. I want a little more follow-up. I want a little more, uh, a a couple more bodies in the box in some dangerous spots because you could see it. They are just a half a pass off right now. You can sort of see it. It's just, you know, even even Costa, which uh, I have to say, I get more and more impressed by him, and he was another creative force again. He may not be a goal scorer in terms of he's going to score a ton of goals, uh, but his passes into Chicharito, his understanding of where the ball needs to be, his ability to take up and exploit space, uh, and quite honestly, and Vanny, Vanny has said it, and I don't know if I would have noticed it if Vanny didn't say it, but his ability to release a ball in terms of both passes and shots is so much quicker than anybody else I've ever seen. Um, so he's, he's one of those guys where if you give him a half a yard, he can create something dangerous. Uh, you saw his passes into Chicha, a couple different ones. I like it whenever teams get tired and you have Costa sort of cutting into that middle lane, that middle right hand side lane. And he uses, he just waits for people to collapse on him. And then he uses that pass to get around any of the press that they have. So I've really been impressed with Costa. I I can't wait for him. He's like, I feel like he's about 75 80% right now um, and you're starting to get more and more from him and the more you get out of him I think the better the LA Galaxy are going to be I mean that seems it goes it kind of goes without saying but having Chicharito on the field having Costa on the field having Cabral on the field all together at the same time having your designated players be on the field and affecting and affecting play is a huge thing they don't have to be out there for 90 minutes Kevin but the fact that they're out there wearing people down um, you know, working hard, doing all the things they're supposed to do is super important to the psyche of this team. And it helps wear teams down. Um, I'll say, I, I get, yeah, go I ahead. got
1: a psyche. I got a psyche follow up.
0: Yeah. What do you got? Uh,
1: you know, Costa's new to this league. I mean, you can see, I, I think even the biggest MLS fan can 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 talk about how there's a difference between playing in Atlanta or playing in Dallas. You know, 12,000 fans just the atmosphere and everything else. Look at Costa opening day capacity crowd a wild atmosphere at dignity health sports park. Then he goes to Charlotte record crowds, 75, almost 75,000. That is the kind of atmosphere that he's used to, you know, playing in the Bundesliga playing in Syria. Uh, then he's going to go to Seattle. There's going to be 40,000 fans there. That to me is, I mean, I, I don't know what kind of a difference it's going to make, but certainly it's going to give Diego uh, Douglas Costa the, the feeling that this is a, a legit league. I, I did not come to the MLS of the David Beckham era. This is a big-time league. This reminds me of the Bundesliga. And now I know he's going to play in front of 12,000 in, in Dallas at some point and 10,000 in Houston. Um, but right now, his first trip around the league, there's huge state crowds in football stadiums. Right. I don't know. I just kind of think that that's going to have a little bit of a positive influence and kind of give him a little more you know, uh, hitch in his giddy-up as he goes forward.
0: Yeah, I, I really like that. I, I will say the other thing that I really um, enjoyed in this game from the Galaxy is that they're not... Overworking, um, we saw a lot of times last year in order for them to win they had to be the the hardest working team because they had to sort of work past all their deficiencies in order to make things happen right we knew the defense was an issue so they had to work so hard to create so many opportunities and score so many goals to sort of make sure that their defense could handle it I would say with this Charlotte game, I love the first half and the fact that they did not expend a whole, t- a whole bunch of informi- uh, a whole bunch of energy, but still created so many chances on that. Um, I think if you know if you're not going to score early, sometimes, uh, and I certainly think the Gallegos, if you go back and look at that first half, had plenty of chances. To score in that first half to sort of open this game up and really make it a a more comfortable win, which they weren't able to do. But if you're not going to be able to do that and you're still going to be able to control a lot of the energy in that game and the energy you expend. Um, then you're going to be okay, and I really think that if you look at that second half, the Galaxy were in a better position to take the game to Charlotte than Charlotte was, you know, in a position energy wise to come at the LA Galaxy. I thought Charlotte had to work extremely hard in that first half. The LA Galaxy not so much, and because of that, there was there was an advantage there. I like how much work Mark Delgado puts in in the middle of the field uh, that allows and takes some pressure off some of the other guys. Um, so I, I like that. For, to be honest, one of the people who I'm, I think I'm. Most disappointed with so far this season has been Revelison. It's just he he's doing a lot of work defensively, but you want to see him a little more involved in terms of getting forward and, and getting some some better key passes in there. Um, but if he's going to sit defensively and be that defensive player and that's what Greg Vanny wants, then I guess I'm also okay with that. I just I expect a little more from him right now.
1: You're gonna go with Mark all year, right? It's Marky.
0: No, it's not. No, it's absolutely Marky. not new. No, it's not. He is twenty-six years old. You do not call him Marky. His name is Mark. We've we've been over this. This is this is a dead I know, subject. But I
1: just, every time you say Mark Delgado, I wonder if they got a new player.
0: Nope. Just... Nope. Not going to do it. Grown man grown man 26 years old doesn't have a y at the end of his name that's embarrassing but you
1: call me. the other guy chicharito
0: i i really call him javi whenever i talk to him it's it's okay. re- i don't i don't it, it's i don't like to play those games although he's very much call me chicha call me chicharito call me javi it doesn't matter javier whatever and i call him javi because i feel like that is the most appropriate thing for whenever we're having a discourse
1: you, you um, know who always called him by his first name was dennis De close so never chicharito is always it's,
0: javier he's not a little boy i get it's his nickname but he's not a little boy he's He's a he's a grown he's a grown man. Somebody just said Kevy Baxter, and I'm like, <laughs> oh. and I can spell
1: it like Cabral with the accent.
0: Oh, so much fun. Um. Anyway, so no, I mean, I I, I saw this sixteen to one in first half shots, Kevin. Wait, you know we were talking about it a little bit, and and it just listen. The Galaxy absolutely should have scored. We go through some of the stats in this. And you can see the Galaxy dominated this, especially expected goals as well. The Galaxy had almost two expected goals, 1.8 in expected goals. That Charlotte had half, 0.5 of expected goals. Um, having said that, the Galaxy outshot them two to one on targets, so six to three overall, and 21 to five on total shots. But it's still that should have been a much easier game. That should have been a two nothing game. It possibly could have even been a three nothing game. Um, I thought Charlotte didn't look dangerous more than once or twice. And I thought the galaxy handled it actually pretty well. Whenever you look at it, um, when we go into and, and looking at the LA galaxy as well, and you talked about. You know shots and how many shots they're creating. They're also leading the league right now in key passes, and a key pass is basically a pass that leads to a good opportunity to score. It doesn't necessarily mean it's an assist. Uh, doesn't necessarily mean that a shot gets put off, but it's a shot that causes problems within that defense um, to sort of allow for you know a dangerous or more dangerous chance. And so the galaxy. Right, so
1: thirty-one of those. Thirty-one. Two goals. two goals. Two goals. Twenty-nine of those key passes went absolutely nowhere.
0: And. The other thing is that if you look at this and you look at this list, I'm not exactly sure you want to be tops of this list. Whenever Miami's in there, Cincinnati is is uh, third and fourth on that list. Columbus is has 27 so far.
1: Yeah, I mean these, these are not the offensive juggernauts of the league as we know, which is Austin right now.
0: Right, <laughs> <laughs> unbeaten Austin. Unbeaten Austin. All right, all right, all right. Oh, uh, so much fun. Um, if we look at Thought Mob, who I like to look at whenever you want to see player ratings and how the LA galaxy sort of laid out, I usually trust their numbers pretty well. Uh, lots of greens in there. Uh, the lowest rated player was Kevin Cabral at 6.7. Revelison at 6.8. We talked about both of those guys. Uh, Raheem Edwards, by the way, highest rated player, 8.2. Uh, Julian Arajo had an 8.0 on the right side. So Edwards and Arajo uh, had big games. Koulibaly, 7.2. Depew with 7.3. Bond with a 7.8. Um, So uh, some good Costa was 7.6. Hernandez uh, was 7.4. So, there were some really good numbers in here. Unfortunately, they don't do the subs, or at least uh, I didn't sn- snapshot the subs so we could see and Alvarez, but he did not have the highest rating out of all of them, although he was uh, highly rated in this particular game. So I, I like the fought Mob to sort of see where everybody stood on that. And you can also see a little across the way in terms of what Charlotte does as well, where their highest rated player was uh, was uh, their-, their center back, uh, F- Fuchs. Uh, at seven point five, I can I will never ever get used to saying his name without first pausing and making sure I don't mess that up. Um,
1: well, and, and you said we said that um, Efrain was on the the MLS team of the week, and did Delgado make the bench? Somebody made the did. bench too. Yes,
0: Delgado made the bench. So whenever you're looking at team of the week, and we can pull that up. Uh, team of the week was Efrain Alvarez, and as uh, I think you pointed out, Kevin, what did he, play? uh, he played he played. 30-something minutes? Is, is no, he
1: played 20, 21. He came tw- in the 69th
0: minute. Yep, yep, 21 minutes uh, and gets a, uh, a Team of the Week nod. Uh, it was a great goal. Absolutely a great goal. I, I mean, if you want to be hyped about him, uh, it was funny in one of the chats that I was in uh, during the game, somebody was like, sell, 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 as in terms of sell him now. This is it. This is the peak. He, he scored in front of 75,000 people. Take it now. But I, I really, really want to see him uh, start this next game. Give him the start. Uh, especially what? Victor Vasquez is a question mark. Let's let's see what Efrain Alvarez can do uh, against w- who I think is a very good team in Seattle who has not figured out themselves yet.
1: Look, look at that team, a 3-5-2. That's a strange team of the week. But you know what? If you put Efrain in the starting lineup, then I, I I do think you have to think at the back end, who do you bring off the bench as as a spark? And now let's say you start Sasha Kl- Klishton and then bring Efrain in a, a, to replace him. Then you you sort of change... You, you become a more aggressive you know team playing up the front foot. Who replaces Efrain again if he has that fitness problem, which I think he still does, and he can only go sixty minutes, last thirty minutes. What do you do? Who do you bring on? You Dunbar? I mean, you have to bring someone offensive on at that point, right? Yep. Unless you're winning three to nothing.
0: Yep. Uh, by the way, in our chat, uh, Civi says that Ephra had a seven point four on Fot Mob. I'm pretty sure he 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 went and changed his name just for that. Just just to add a Y at the end, just for fun. Um, but had a seven point four on, on Fot Mob. I, I really do want to see what Ephra can do and sort of do that. But you talked about Sasha Kleshin. Let's talk a little bit about the man of the match. Uh, in terms of the the cultural and the spiritual man of the match, Sasha Klushin,
1: and he got all naked afterwards too.
0: He, well, I mean, he just took a shirt off, Kevin. If you if you can't handle that, I don't know what else uh, what else we, we need to cool you <laughs> he off. Had
1: the, he had the the sports bra on, right? They, they
0: all have. By the way, I got a lot of questions on that because um, it was uh, it was him and Christopher. And if you saw the story, Christopher uh, ten years ago was in the hospital uh, diagnosed with uh, with cancer, uh, which I think they told the story on Fox, which was he got hit in the stomach by a soccer ball um and because of that he had like a, a reaction or a rupture of this tumor that he had and so they rushed him to the hospital and they figured out that he had cancer they didn't know it so soccer saved his life as a matter of twice. fact twice twice so, yeah. so 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 then sasha comes in um with his wife 10 years ago and he he hangs out with chris and he said he was you know, playing up,
1: for he, It was here in Southern California. he was playing for chivas usa at the time go ahead
0: so he goes and he visits him in the in the in the hospital. He said he spent about I don't know like an hour with him. I think that's what he he was sort of said that's what he said. I don't know like an hour. He goes. Him and his wife went. They went and talked to this kid. The whole deal. And he goes. Sasha says so. Oftentimes we hear nothing afterwards, or we hear the worst, um, which is that the kids don't make any. He goes. So whenever his parents, Christopher's parents, came in and talked to, um, to to Sasha he was sort of like he was sitting there and he told us afterwards he was like yeah he goes uh, "He goes, oh so he's playing for their academy team they're like no the first team and he's like this is crazy you know the whole deal and Sasha said how, how fortunate and how lucky he was to be able to share the field with them they both got to play at the same time they're both on the field at the same time and there was a jersey swap there at the end and I thought it was great uh, there's a video of it I'd love to show you except that even though the LA Galaxy shot it MLS monetized it so if I show it to you MLS will steal all the money from my Show, um, so I'm not going to show it to you. Um, so hey, MLS gets to lie, lie in their bed, I guess. We, we would love to show you how awesome Sasha is, but uh, they stole the LA Galaxy's video and and they monetized it. So um, Sasha's out there talking with Christopher, and it's great because there's a whole bunch of pictures going on. And then Sasha like sort of brushes away the camera and, uh, cameras and says, "We're going to go talk for a second. And then they go and they walk away from all the cameras and sort of have a little moment where they talk and back and forth. It was just, it's so great. I mean, you want to talk about not only the the world stage that Charlotte was put on with 75,000 people you know, at, a, at an MLS game, the fact that the world would pay attention just to that attendance number, uh, the fact that the world is going to pay attention to the LA Galaxy playing in that game and then, and then winning that game, but also having the feel-good story of Sasha Kleschen being there. I mean, really, for the league, the only thing that was missing was that Charlotte won that game. Um, but the LA Galaxy there were were there to ruin the party, and and Efra even said, you know, we wanted to ruin their party, and we did. I like that. I like that little bit of edge. It's like, yeah, we know they were here to celebrate, and Ephraim scores, and he puts his finger up, and that's going to be the the indelible image from that game. But you also have Sasha Kleshin, um and and Christopher, and sort of that that bond and kinship that they have with soccer. It's it's a nice it's a nice rounding out. It's a nice juxtaposition to everything.
1: Well, when I've always admired athletes and are are. I guess being jealous of athletes that they can go to someone who's having health problems or down in their luck or whatever. And the athlete comes into the hospital room or meets them at the stadium. And it just brightens up their day. Just having the ability to go up to someone and say, hi, I'm, you know, Sasha question. And it turns kind of becomes the biggest part of their life, maybe for a month. And I remember talking to, um, a, a Dodger manager when I was covering baseball and he was meeting with some veterans on the field and I said to him this very same thing. I was, that's so cool that you can do that. I mean, well, how does that feel that you just your presence can help someone have a better day? And he goes, well, let's find out. And he brought me over there and said, I'd like to introduce you to one of our sports writers here. It's like nothing, crickets, <laughs>
0: crickets, right? No
1: effect at all.
0: I was, I was, gonna say, how often do you get asked to speak at uh, speak at uh, kids' functions, right? It's it's yeah, few yeah, and far that between. Was,
1: that was when Grady Little was manager of the Dodgers, and it was it was a nice gesture, but it just proved my point. <laughs> no one cared.
0: Uh, if I, I would imagine if you have that effect on somebody though, if you're able to do that, that it is a power that you wield, uh, early and often, uh, in terms but of, you know, of I've you seen,
1: I've seen players just walk by kids in wheelchairs. I've also seen players stop and spend a long time with them. There was video earlier this year of Jack Grealish with Manchester city coming into the stadium, all the players walking by this kid with, I think he had down syndrome or something. And Jack really stopped and signed autographs and spent some time with the kid took selfies. The players that walk right by it—I mean, you know what? When you retire, no one's going to want to spend time with you like that. I mean, God, take advantage of it. What an incredible gift that you have—just your presence, being able to make someone's day brighter.
0: There, there are certainly many who have fit that bill. I'm just in my head. There's two that popped in my head immediately when I think of guys who knew that their time was worth it to somebody in that capacity. Um, number one was Laton. He knew. Whenever there were kids there, he knew what he was bringing to the table with that. He knew that, that that people would be excited to talk to him, and he always made them feel comfortable, and then he spent a little bit of time with them. And I've told the story about him in San Jose many times, meeting with the San Jose Sharks. Um, one of their, their players had a son there and was really excited to meet Zlatan, and Zlatan Made the whole bus wait 15 minutes while he uh, while he stopped and talked to this kid, and the kid was just like beaming, smiling, and then Zlatan at the end, is it okay if I take a picture with you? You know Zlatan's asking a picture, asking wow. for a picture with this kid, and the kid's like, yeah, you know, awesome, you know, the whole <laughs> deal, and so it's that, and then the guy who doesn't, who never did it in the spotlight, but we always heard that it was going on because he would do it out of our. I view was landon donovan um landon would invite people back into the locker room into the back part of the locker room where we couldn't see um and he would spend time with people back there and that was a regular occurrence um that would happen so those are the two off the top of my head that that sort of you know come into that and say oh okay those are the guys who i know and listen there's plenty more there's just the ones that i'm thinking about right now that i absolutely know for a fact that's something that was part of what they did so um, uh, again
1: you know what a tremendous gift to, to be able to, to have the i mean it, we can talk about whether it's right or wrong that people you know am, you know uh, look up to athletes you know but the fact that they do allows you to brighten somebody's day
0: hey it's a it's the Very good cool. it's the good part of the sport it's a, it's the good part of the sport one of the things though before we get too far away from this is is julian raho i said we're going to ask is he starting to be the bad guy um, This is two two times in two games he just no, no. punched someone in the face no, basically no no three times it's three times i counted them i'll tell you there was the one in in uh, against new york city that he absolutely should have been suspended for Uh, that he got, um, uh, what was his name? And I can't, uh, I won't remember anyway. Um, that, that wrapped his hands around the guy's face and basically stopped him from going anywhere with his face. So that was one. Um, it's
1: hard to go forward without your
0: face. It is it, It usually stop. Um, and then there was a slap away of, of I think is there is the, is the designated player for Charlotte. Um, that one's less of something to me because that Swardierski had his hand up and Julian had his hand up and they're sort of like flapping at each other's hands and he got whacked in the face. So, you know what? Tough. That's, that's, I'm a little more tough. The other one is, um, it was the throw in, which was, I call a little bit of, um, I, I can't say what it is, but it's the. It's the S housery, right? It's, it's whenever you're, you're messing around in order to get a rise out of people. There's a way to push buttons. And Julian Rajo goes to take a quick throw in. And one of the Charlotte players is in his way and he hits him with his elbow in the guy's face. Right. And it's, and it's sort of like, it's not enough. There's not enough force there to really cause anything, but it makes you pay attention. Um, I was talking about it. The group chat, Kevin and not with you, but with some other people. And I was saying, well, is he a bad guy now? And they're like, maybe this is what he does to fire himself up. Remember, Zlatan used to pick imaginary fights with people on the field in order to sort of go- well, goose himself up.
1: With all due respect, he's not Zlatan. He's not. A couple of things. First of all, the the three incidents. These are. I mean, he's had yellow card problems in the past. These are these are different, and they come right after he returns from the mexican national team i don't know if there's a connection there but the timing seems to suggest that perhaps there is the second thing is um you've talked a lot about him going to europe and everyone thinks that he's going to go to europe someday he's certainly more than good enough to go play in europe but european teams are looking at this and saying we can't afford to bring a guy over pay a lot of money and have him get red cards or yellow cards and always be you know uh, uh, ready to 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 foul out of the game we can't we can't afford that. He needs to get better control because you know that in Europe, everything goes to the nth degree If people figure out the guy uh, can be prodded into that kind of stuff. They're going to go after him. And that's kind of the third point. Now that teams see that, are they going to go after uh, Julian and try to take him out of his game, try to get him to, to, to get carded out of the game. I mean, that seems to be sort of his MO now. And if you can get under his skin a little bit and get him thinking about that and get some cards, uh, you know, then maybe, maybe he becomes vulnerable.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, first of all, as the judge and jury of this podcast, I dismiss your your Mexican national team argument at at, at full. There's been no evidence presented whatsoever in order but, to make that he did this before Kevin. This is stuff but, he has not, done. Not,
1: not, not I, I don't think to the face thing, and and I, I don't. It, it's not a denigration of the way the Mexican team plays. Their back line is, is just generally pretty physical and pretty aggressive, and it's worked for them. I'm just wondering if perhaps. Julian has not mastered the fine arts that he was taught in Mexico. And he's a little ham handed on it right now.
0: (laughs) Maybe, maybe I I think there definitely needs to be more um, nuance to his physicality. Uh, In terms of listen, I'm all for you picking up a yellow card if you go want to run through the back of somebody because they're going to they're waiting for you to sort of come. everybody knows it's going to happen. Chicharito is great at this. He draws them in from behind is like, okay, here comes the defender. They're going to smack me. And here comes their yellow card. And Chicharito will do it over and over again. Uh, Julian Araujo can be baited into those situations. I'll say this. I don't care. Um, I don't I don't necessarily care if he becomes a bad guy. Um, I I don't I, I don't know that that matters. Um, some guys do really well as sort of the heel, as as the bad guy, as the force, uh, as, the, as the dark force, the dark arts master within the team. Um, there are plenty of guys throughout LA Galaxy history uh, that you can start The first one that comes to mind is, you know, obviously Dima Kovalenko. The difference is, and I will say this, is Dima was never the force, the driving, creative, attacking energy force for the LA Galaxy. He was a bit player right? Julian Araujo is a star on this team and they need to keep him on the field. And so I hope that these first two games are just, aberrations that it's just getting back into the game and just letting some frustration out. I mean, it's one of the reasons that I've always liked to play soccer. Kevin is that you get to go and like kick people in the shins and it's legal. Um, you know, yeah, you can get a foul on it, but it's not like you're going to, you know, if you go out on the street and you're walking down the street and you start kicking people in the shins, you get arrested. Um, That's not necessarily the case. If you're, if you're playing on your, your over 35 league on, on Sunday, you're allowed to kick people a little bit and, and get away with it. So I hope that well, this is that frustrated energy sort of, sort of, I uh, have a,
1: there's another theory, too. Perhaps he heard the Sergio Ramos rumors and said, nope, nope, I'll take care of that uh, aspect of the game. But I do think it's, it's, it, it, if he does not show some sort of self-control, I do think it's going to hurt his ability to jump to Europe right now. I think teams want to see him be able to control himself.
0: There there was a great uh, uh, syllogy says uh, you should care if you don't want Merritt Paulson, uh, of course, up at up at the Timbers to want to deport him out of the league. Remember, Merritt gets all worked up about L.A. Galaxy players and fouls and all sorts of stuff like that. So rent free. It, absolutely. hundred um, percent. So anyway, that's so. So, you know, that's that's something I think you should watch. You mentioned the Sergio Ramos thing. I want to take it now from Julian Rajo to Eric Zavaleta. Okay. Wow. I, wow. I know. I know. We're we're falling off I a cliff. The
1: bends from that
0: one. <laughs> yeah. We 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 dove deep uh, very quickly. We need to be careful on our resurface. Um, the only reason I'm bring it up is that Greg Vanny said you know a couple weeks ago before the season started he said oh well the Eric lot thing is being finalized and it's going to get done right and so we all expected that that announcement would have already come by now. I did reach out to the LA Galaxy today. I'm like hey do you think it's weird that you guys, that Greg said he was going to announce them and then there's been nothing? I go, because I think it's weird. And I was told, no, they don't think it's weird. And I said, okay, then it's just me. I guess I'm the only one who thinks it's weird. That Greg Vanny says, we're going to add Eric Zavaleta to the roster. We're just finalizing everything. And now it's like two weeks later, the season has started and they're like, nah, not yet. It's like, well, okay, are we, what what are, what are we waiting for? Is there other stuff happening that is yeah, keeping so this? think they're
1: holding that up for Sergio?
0: I mean... I, if you're going to put tinfoil hats on, I really do stray away from this as much as possible. I try not to create rumors, Kevin. But if there, maybe it's not Sergeant, Maybe it's somebody else on the defense that now they're like, well, we didn't know he was going to be available. And Eric Zavaleta's like, but I'm I'm Greg Vanny's nephew. Remember me over here? You know the deal. And there was words. Uh, there was word that Zavaleta did play in a Galaxy Two game over the weekend. So he is and they're not they haven't started their season yet. We're actually uh, we're going to see if we can get uh, the head coach for LA Galaxy 2 coming on to this uh, on Thursday. We'll see if that works out. Don't know if that's going to happen, but they start their season here very soon uh, this weekend uh, for LA Galaxy 2. So Eric Zavalletta was playing with them, but he wasn't playing with the senior team. What is going on, Kevin? That doesn't make any sense that Greg Vanny goes, Oh, it's going to be finalized and it's been two weeks and it hasn't been finalized. Are oh, the cool. negotiations that tough for Eric Zavaleta is what, what's in his rider? He needs, you know, a thousand green M and M's before every uh, game or something. What, what is going on?
1: Maybe they sent him off to look for Carlos Harvey.
0: <laughs> Carlos is here. He's here. Isn't he? He's here. He's here. Uh, A a sighting, a
1: Carlos Harvey sighting? He
0: is. He actually was training, I think, just before the team started the season. He is back. Uh, Apparently, passport issue, and I don't think it was passport. I think it was green card. But green card issues all sorted, everything good. Uh, Galaxy roster compliant, the whole deal. Now, we also know that Farai Mutatu has not had a landing spot yet. They did not announce him as a signing for LA Galaxy 2. And so we were expecting that he was going to be on that LA Galaxy 2 team, but it's likely that he will sign for... Senior team LA Galaxy, and they get loaned down to LA Galaxy too. That's my latest theory on that. But what, why, 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 Kevin? Why, why would you say Eric zavaleta is coming? And you know him, so you know it's not like Greg Vanny's like, oh, I haven't talked to Eric zavaleta before. It's he's your nephew. You know him. You, why is he not announced on this team so far? I don't. I don't, know. I, don't I, know. I think
1: maybe to save money because that international World Cup qualifying break is coming up. He'll go away for El Salvador. I've been gone two weeks. This way they don't have to pay him for those two weeks.
0: You know, that's not the worst idea you've ever had. <laughs> it's pretty bad though. I mean, if, but if he's only making $120,000, what are you, what are you saving? Are you saving, you know, a couple grand, you know, yeah. total and, and, how it all goes. Anyway, um, super interesting. Just to look at the LA galaxy, what they were able to do, um, against Charlotte. I think so that's,
1: if, if your theory is true, imagine this mm-hmm. two weeks ago, Eric Zavaleta <laughs> turns into Sergio Ramos. <laughs> I mean,
0: how else? That's, wow. Wait, am I wrong for asking the other galaxy? Why we haven't heard about Eric's. No, yet? no that,
1: but, but they're, they're wrong for giving you a really weak answer.
0: <laughs> I mean, I'm sure they were like, we don't want to talk about it. I'm sure that's what that answer was. I don't want to talk about it. Right. And I understand that. But at the same time, it's like, come on, what's going on? Why are we doing this? Why are we running around in circles? um so anyway so that's what we have uh the la galaxy schedule coming up as we have talked about um is that they will head to seattle coming up this weekend that's a saturday 12 30 p.m tv time
1: last place winless (laughs) goalless seattle and you know they have they did play two really tough teams they played nashville at home yeah and then they played supporting kansas city on the road two pretty tough games
0: yeah but nashville no they played rsl on the road Uh, RSL, I'm sorry. That Nashville game, though, Nashville bossed them around. They played very good. Um, Nashville played very good in Seattle um, and bossed Seattle around. And then RSL had the two hour weather delay, or two, I think it was longer than two hour weather delay. They had to bring out the orange ball, not because it snowed, Kevin, because of the hail. Because of the hail they needed to have the orange ball. So that was interesting to see as well. Uh, Big, big uh, notice on this. I'm going to tell everybody. Please tell your friends. I'm tired of answering this. Everybody asks like MLS is hiding the kickoff times. They tell everybody what the kickoff time is every single week. You just have to look for it. Kickoff for this game, 1255. It's on Fox, Fox Deportes. So expect that at 1230, the TV will start. And at 1255, the game will start. Do not be surprised and do not complain. They tell you what time it is. So if you don't want to watch the TV, Just come in a little bit before one. You'll be good to go. Not a problem. All right. So anyway, I'm just uh, I get a little antsy about that stuff. Everybody acts like it's some mystery. Or since it's
1: the Galaxy, just tune in midway through the second half and wait for the goal.
0: And wait for the goal. It'll be 0-0 at that point, the whole deal. But anyway, that's going to be a a super interesting game to watch. I have no idea what to make of Seattle being last in the Western Conference. And by the way, Seattle plays in a CCL game earlier uh, tomorrow, Tuesday night as well so they have a midweek game uh you know, that, and
1: this is this is the real seattle team this is jordan morris and and ruy diaz and all those guys well, well Rui
0: diaz is Rui diaz is injured there's a couple guys uh, who again? are injured. yeah yeah there's a couple guys who are injured um well
1: he Rui diaz is peruvian for carlos vela i oh. guess
0: <laughs> i'm leaving that one alone that will be shared across the interwebs it'll come back to get you not me um, I was going to make that same joke though. So I'm glad that you beat me to it. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, as you look again in the April schedule as well, you have Portland, remember the galley galaxy will play three of four on turf, right? So they played the first one of the uh, three against uh, Charlotte. Then they play the second one against Seattle and then they come home to play Orlando and then away to play Portland. That Portland game is going to be an interesting one. Uh, to watch as well. So that's sort of the schedule that's coming up. Uh, that's
1: the Merritt Paulson when he gets introduced to Julian Araujo,
0: right? <sighs> I'm, sure, I'm sure he'll already be. I don't know. Is he is he back on Twitter now, or is he still or is he still facing uh, fa- or is he still not on Twitter because he doesn't want to face people who are You're calling for that. his ouster?
1: I think he's on that Trump social media website uh, thing now.
0: <laughs> yeah. Freedom, whatever. I don't remember what that is. I know I know what you're talking about. Um, okay, so we get through that. Let's get a little bit to uh, to the charts. And just because it's Monday and, and charts are fun, uh, let me tell you a little bit about some of these charts that I was able to pull up. Right now, after two games, it's not a great way to sort of start this, but it is important and it's something to watch. The LA Galaxy right now with their designated players have ha, have seen their designated players through 180 total minutes available play. Uh, let's see if I actually have 478 total minutes. That's 88.5% of the minutes played. And that
1: is also more minutes than Jonathan played the last two years combined.
0: It, it feels like it is. Um, and that's not an actual stat. That is just your your argument. Um, I will tell you that if this finished now, and obviously it's two games in the season, Costa could get hurt. Uh a Chicharito could get hurt Cabral could get hurt and it could all go down the down the the tube really fast but just to let you know the last one two three four years here are the percentages for designated players uh, playing the available minutes 2021 was the best year they had out of the previous uh, four years uh, and it was 62.9 percent 2020 was 57.9 percent 20- and that's
1: with the 2020s with Pavone playing every second, right? Yep, he was-
0: yep, it, it was. Uh, 29.2%, or excuse me, 59.2% in 2019, and 50.7% in 2018. Remember, uh, Zlatan wasn't a designated player then either. He was a TAM player, and if you added Zlatan into that, it got to be 63.5% that the designated players were playing uh, available minutes. Who was who the DP? Gio, Jonathan, and who was the third one? Uh, In 2018? I don't know and I don't have it. I can't remember off the top of my head. Who was it? It, uh, it had to
1: be somewhere because they could they, they couldn't make Zelatan of DP. So it was the it was the two Dos Santos brothers. Was, was it
0: Pavon? No, because he wasn't there yet. No, I can, he was I can there. actually he look at the end this of the up. season. I can actually look it up on my on my little. We'll just let the ch- you know let the chat do it. Who was the third designated player in 2018? They'll get it. And we'll all be like, duh. First uh, one to answer gets two free tickets. That's not true at all. <laughs> um, although I do have some tickets to give away, but that's not for that. Um, So anyway, so that's this. So if this is trending in the right uh, uh, sort of direction right now, this would be a huge reason why the LA Galaxy might have some success this year is that their designated players are playing 88.5%. Of total minutes so far. That's a big one. All right. Uh, If we go through some other charts, I do have some, some LA galaxy data points. I changed one of my charts, which was basically let's chart only the MLS cup years against this year to sort of look at the points per game and, and the, and the trending sort of thing. I'd like you to know that right now uh, the LA galaxy have, obviously, if you win your first two games, you have the total, the, the maximum amount of points through two games. You can actually do that. And I can also plot that against the entire rest of the uh, the LA Galaxy's 26 other seasons. Um, so that what you can see. And obviously, if you win your first two games, uh, then you have a really good chance of, of being at the top of that. And you are at the top of that. Here is the fun stuff, Kevin. Uh, the LA Galaxy haven't started the season with consecutive shutouts since 2010. In 2010, they actually started uh, the first three games with shutouts. It was 1-0 versus New England, 2-0 versus Chivas USA, and then 2-0 at Houston for the first... Three games. They actually won their first four games. They added a 2 1 victory versus RSL in 2010. They also started the season, Kevin, on a 12 game unbeaten streak, 10 0 2 during that time. So 10 wins out of the first 12 games. I don't think you're going to match that. But 2010 is the only other year that the LA Galaxy started with two consecutive shutouts. There is no other time outside of 2010 and this year, 2022, that the LA Galaxy have started with two consecutive shutouts.
1: Well, and they're on pace for over 100 points. They're on pace <laughs> for is lowest goals ever allowed in a season.
0: Yep. Roman yeah. Alessandrini, by the way, was the designated player. Duh.
1: Oh, very good. Yes. Okay. But I mean, think about this. They're on pace for over 100 points. They're on pace for uh, fewest goals allowed but only 34 goals scored only
0: 30, it would be it would be a departure from from their normal uh their normal goal scoring uh form so yes i can see that um if we look at this la galaxy team uh, this is the sixth time in galaxy history the club has started 2-0 0 okay the sixth time uh that they started 2-0 0 five of those six teams have made the playoffs kevin of course last year 2021 was the one year where they did it and didn't make the playoffs uh, if the Galaxy win versus Seattle, they'd become just the third Galaxy team to start 3 0 0. And uh, it would be, they would tie that 2010 team uh, for that shutout. Or Excuse me, they, do they tie it? I, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, they do. They would tie it for the three shutouts in a row. And um, that was a supporter shield team. That was a supporter shield team. That was a team that ran away with that season for the most part. The 2010 team is probably the best LA Galaxy team that never won an MLS Cup. Uh, they got they got railroaded by FC Dallas at home in the Western Conference Finals, uh, and I think Dallas ended up beating them like seven to two or something like that in that game. That was at uh, Home Depot Center then.
1: And two thousand nine was the year they made it to the MLS Cup final, lost in penalty shots, correct?
0: Yeah, to RSL. Uh, to Real Salt Lake, who was the Eastern Conference uh, uh, survivor there. Oh,
1: It's so hard to remember back to the days when they actually made the MLS Cup final. (laughs) Or the playoffs, for that matter. Yeah,
0: I mean, it's been a while, and that's that's one of those things. So when we look at these charts, obviously it's way too early to really take most of this, but it's just interesting to put this into perspective of what the LA Galaxy could do if you're just looking for the first three games, if you're just looking at the first two games and what historically that tells us. Uh, I also put my favorite chart up here, the points per month. Uh, which means absolutely nothing, by the way. There is no reason to div- divide points into months. I just like doing it. And as you will notice, Kevin, uh, the LA Galaxy, were probably team of the month, uh, February, uh, with that win there, uh, 3.0. Uh, they averaged a perfect 3.0 in the month of February. So I, I think that's team of the month, if, if I'm if I'm paying attention.
1: So you do win, yeah, win, loss, and draw. That's, that's the best way to do it.
0: Yep. Uh, yes, that is that is how everything was done until they tried to change it, and then they changed it back. Um, so. Remember
1: when MLS used to have the uh, the, the the form chart. Thing on their standings that was great
0: yeah the, now they have it again but it's in a much harder to read format it's not good and there is a gentleman who created his own that looks exactly like it that is way better now anyway so there's okay. there's, a, there's a solution to us on the form guide uh, if you look at the LA Galaxy in the standings we always like to trace it uh, the LA Galaxy now second in the Western Conference and of course they are I believe fourth in the, uh, in the overall supporter shield uh, and we can take a look at those standings if I do it correctly yes I do L-
1: looking up at Austin
0: Austin, six points from three games. They have scored 10 goals, given up just one. So remember, Austin has given up more goals in the LA Galaxy. But one of those teams that Austin played was Cincinnati. And one of those teams that Austin played was Miami. Let's not go giving Austin too much credit for what they are doing so far. FC Cincinnati seems like they married the wooden spoon. Um, they're not able to, to get out from underneath it. And Miami is, I love everybody. Everybody starts to starts all this stuff with Miami with his, well, if they can mine their cap issues, it's like, wait, wait, they don't have cap issues. They got caught cheating and they're under punishment and penalty for it. They should be bad because they do not have the same amount of money as everybody because they got caught cheating. All right. So don't, don't whitewash this with, with what Miami, Miami got caught cheating and that's why they're bad now. All right, well, quite honestly, they were bad before, but they do not have as much money to sort of do it. So they aren't cap issues They're They cheated and now and that's going to hurt them um, for years to come. And it should because you shouldn't be able to cheat. That's just uh, I'm on my soapbox. Don't don't give Miami a a pass. Make them play Breck Shea at left back. Okay, make that happen because that is punishment for what you did trying to cheat. Um, So anyway, yeah, so I am not going to take much from Austin yet. But I do think Austin is an improved team.
1: Uh, also, Miami has maybe the worst uniforms in the
0: league. Just because it looks like some uh, South Beach reject polo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I know. I know you, you're around. You're from around Fl- that area.
1: Flamingo colored uniform.
0: The flamingo color is not the problem. Don't blame the pink. OK, the pink is not the problem, Kevin. The co- problem is it looks like a rejected like Adidas polo. That's the problem. It doesn't look like it was given any sort of more thought, but maybe, Hey, you know what? They got caught cheating. I don't care what uniforms they should have to have cheaters written on the back of their, uh, their jerseys. So I'm the all about
1: them. Orlando's don't sleep on Orlando's. I like the the kind of the way that the top blends into the shorts. It's pretty cool.
0: Orlando making its way to LA galaxy here soon. That'll be an in- Interesting game. Just the fact the galaxy get a home game. I'm also interested to see what the, what the field looks like during that time as well. So, uh, that will be interesting one. Um, Longest single season win streak. We talked about it. I think you talked about it earlier. The LA Galaxy matched their longest win streak from last year uh, in the first two games, and it was two games. Uh, If you go back and look, their longest win streak in the last, mm, let's see, how many years is that? That's a lot of years. If you go back, it's five. Five is the longest win streak that they have had in any sort of recent time. Five in 2019, five in 2014, and five in 2007. I don't think anybody's ever going to match that 96 where they didn't have uh, where they didn't have draws. Uh, they have 12 and 96, but uh, right now. Having sitting where they are right now, they have tied last year's longest winning streak with two. Uh, Remember they said they weren't going to lose back-to-back games? Well, they also rarely won more than two games uh, at a time as well, so something to be improved upon for the Galaxy, I, I would imagine.
1: That still looks like the... Especially this one, it looks like the the skyline of some Midwestern city.
0: Yeah, maybe I, I guess Chicago.
1: There's uh, the Sears tower there in the it, middle. It's
0: just a bar graph. We really should introduce you to things like that. Maybe you would use in your reporting sometimes. I don't know. Maybe, uh, sometimes it's some,
1: supposed to be reporting.
0: Sometimes graphs and graphs are better than words. Kevin, just every once in a while it's a good, it's a good visualization to sort of sit, uh, the longest unbeaten streak for the LA galaxy was in 2011, by the way, that was 14 games. Uh, we talked about 2010, 2010 was the 12. I think they actually went 12 games unbeaten twice in 2010, but I have to go back and actually check it because whenever I looked at it for the 2010, I was like, oh yeah, there's that 12 games. Oh, there's another one. Um, So they did it like twice.
1: So you don't do the the penalty shootout years.
0: I would. uh, You can't have an. uh, You can't have a draw. So how can you have an unbeaten streak? It has to be a a winner winner or loss. Yeah. It wasn't that I couldn't or didn't want to. It was, was, you know, it was what it was. Anyway, that's where we sit with the LA Galaxy uh, through the first two games. Uh, Again, I'm going to give them all the credit in the world and people are going to try to underplay the fact that they beat an expansion team and I don't think Charlotte's going to be very good. If you're going to go through the rest of this season, Charlotte isn't going to be a great team this year. And so people are going to want to diminish this win but nobody else is going to have to play them sort of in this 75,000 uh, opening day, first time soccer under Charlotte in North Carolina. Um, you know all the energy and all of the effort that went into that. That's a huge win for the LA Galaxy. Well,
1: so, so what do you think to get after this? I mean, Atlanta did have they, they have had those spiked crowds, but they do average over forty. You know, when when the stadium is open, they do get big crowds. You think Charlotte is going to be a Seattle and a Atlanta getting forty thousand? You think you're going to drop back into the twenties by? Mid
0: season. I mean, it depends on if they can string any wins together. People aren't going to want to go and and not see wins. I mean, Atlanta was good because they started, you know, their expansion. And they were winning games, right? So there was there was the ability to be like, hey, we can go see Atlanta, and they're good, and there's a whole bunch of people. That sounds like fun. Uh, I think Car- I think North Carolina will have a a a. Uh, I don't know, a an ability to absorb some of these early losses um, and still carry some good crowds. But I, I think they're also building a new stadium for them um, eventually. So eventually, they're not going to be able to have this. Somebody said, it's going to be difficult for this one to be topped only because it's going to, the stadium size is one of the things that sort of keeps that right. We're, there's a lot more soccer specific stadiums. Now it's harder to get these giant numbers whenever you well, play in football stadiums.
1: Well, I was on another pod yesterday. I'm sorry. I cheated on you. I went with another pod yesterday and we were talking about this is like the idea that MLS and Garber especially has always been downtown soccer specific stadiums. That's what we want. We want this atmosphere. We want fans close to the action. And then they, you know, the, We've had Atlanta come in recently. Charlotte come in with these big football stadiums. Atlanta right. has no plans to build another stadium. Right? You mentioned Charlotte might. I mean, their owner, Charlotte's owner is more money than God, so he could probably afford to do that. But you just kind of wonder, has MLS lost its way? I did like the soccer-specific downtown stadiums creating that vibe, the kind of stuff you get if you go to a game in Austin. Um, it's pretty cool. If this football stadium stays filled like Seattle's has and Atlanta for the most part has, if they can get 35, 40,000 a game, it works. If yeah. they don't, if it goes down to 20,000 in a 75,000 seat stadium,
0: then it looks like New wow. England. It looks like New England. I mean, that's the whole thing. Is right. New you, England's a
1: good example. Yeah, if yeah. you
0: put, you know, New England is drawing okay crowds, but you would never know if you watch it on TV. It's just, it's a bad visual. New England needs a soccer specific stadium, New York City needs a soccer specific stadium. I would love to say Atlanta, but it's, Atlanta goes with the same thing with Seattle. What are you going to do? Take less people? You're going you're gonna to move to a soccer-specific stadium and then take less people, Kevin, for Seattle? I don't think Seattle's down with that. I don't think Atlanta's well, down for that.
1: I, I, Atlanta's, I, Atlanta is more like the same situation with Charlotte. If they don't build a stadium in, in that, they're going to say – I own the football team. I own the stadium. I own the soccer team. My soccer team is going to play here. Why should I buy a second house? I don't want a summer home. I want to play here.
0: Right. Um,
1: and it's hard to argue with that when you pay a $325 million expansion fee as uh, David Tepper did in Charlotte.
0: Yeah, it's a lot. Uh, let's see. By the way, uh, Al uh, ch- checked into our uh, our chat and says, I enjoy listening to your show on Spotify while working for the United States Postal Service. Uh, first time watching live. So see, we got Al out there repping us in the in the mail trucks. On that wrong side of the road, I mean, that takes concentration just in itself. Driving on the right-hand side of the road with that wheel on, but yet, you, yet the wheel's on the wrong side. It would not mess me up. I would I would, I would, freak out. You're listening to a podcast, not really. You're zoning out, and all of a sudden you're like, I'm on the wrong side of the road. And then, you know, you swerve across, whatever.
1: I want to know what he thinks of Lewis DeJoy.
0: Uh, I don't think that anybody cares about that whatsoever right oh. now. Not on this. Not on this podcast. Maybe whenever you want to go do your political podcast, whenever I get rid of you from this one, you're more than welcome to go ahead and and do that one. By the way,
1: people be surprised at how simpatico we are on some of these issues.
0: I will tell you 100%, by the way, that I want to make sure everybody knows that I paid Kevin for the pupusas. I don't want anybody to think that I didn't pay. Not only did I pay for, I bought your pupusas (laughs) and I bought Damien's pupusas. I wanted everybody to be happy and have a good pupusa opening day and they did. So I paid for it.
1: No, the, you you guys got pupusa, plural. I got pupusa.
0: Don't complain that you didn't ask for more than one. All right, just just I got to go back. We got to go back. That's right. Um, was good. Everything was good. The pupusas were excellent. So anyway, yeah, that's that's coming up in Orlando. I'm looking for another three pupusas. So we're going to make that happen as well. Um, that's it. Let's call this. A, let's call this. a, a Really? A wow.
1: That was like, boom, the curtain went down and it was like mic drop. We're out of
0: here. I don't I mean, you know, the mic's on a stand. It's not really going to drop anywhere. So I think we're OK. I think we can. I think we can continue. I don't there's no there's nothing else to talk about. There's going to be more to talk about with Seattle coming up, but that's on Thursday. Don't don't get ahead of it. We don't know what it, I, that holds yet. Just watch Tuesday night and see how Seattle fares. See who they start. See who plays. They are a little more shorthanded right now than they would probably like to be, so that's going to force them to play. But they're at home. Uh, it's the first leg of, of this next round, and so they, they will probably be fine, and they will have some time to rest, but it is a 12-30 p.m. game on a Saturday. It's an early game. So, you know, maybe there's an advantage there for the LA Galaxy, and Seattle isn't playing well. So, just...
1: I, I, I'm- I'm I'm surprised and pleased that you did not get jealous that I was I went out with another pod this weekend.
0: I I don't care. I, I, we I have feared, an, We have a very. Telling you that. No, we have a very open relationship. Whenever it comes chip. to this, the, you know they, there's there's always these levels of love in a relationship, and you love me way more than I love you. So if you <laughs> want to go off and and have some fun with some other people, that's fine. Well, I I you every, know where your but, where your bread is buttered. So I'm not yeah,
1: worried. Or, you know where my papusa is, is queso. We've had Eric in here before. We've had Menage trois
0: before. Uh, I don't think we needed to see. There was a line <laughs> that you could go to. Yeah, I
1: just Ran right over
0: it. I was, there we go. Let's just let's end this and, and call it a day. All right. I'm trying to
1: keep those postal service workers awake.
0: That's hey, they're doing just fine. Don't you worry about them. Uh, all right. Uh, I think that's it. We're gonna go. Uh, another show coming up on Thursday, so make sure you pay attention to that. If you're looking for Mr. Kevin Baxter on Twitter, it's at k baxter11. Head on over to latimes.com. Really interesting article from uh, from Kevin about the uh, the the fight, the riot down in Mexico. So make sure you check that one out. Very very interesting reading. And perhaps Kevin is on his way. Uh, down to mexico do some more follow-up on that we'll see if uh if that's the case as well so head that on over
1: reporting, that reporting thing you talked about that we'll reporting that. yeah
0: we're gonna we're gonna you're gonna do your best on that one all right if you're looking for me on twitter it's at jay j-g-u-e-s-m-a-n and of course at galaxy podcast head on over to corner dot com where you can find all of our articles recaps all that fun stuff is right there for you uh post game press conference is there in its fullest with mls taking all of the money for it good job mls all right, uh, I think that does it for Mr. Kevin, the Panda Baxter. I'm Josh Patio Guestman. You've been listening to, you've been watching Corner of the Galaxy from the Box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy